The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Fionn Davenport is with me for Travel Tuesday. Fionn, so where are we going? Where is this Freedom Trail? The Freedom Trail is in Boston. Kieran. Oh, great city. A city the you Cork know well. The of, of, of America. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think it is. You know, I mean, you can walk across Cork in like five minutes and you've basically seen it all. It's a bit I, like that in Boston. I mean that in a nice way. I, mean, I love Boston. I can hear the plaintive I'm cries of, of Cork. San Francisco, Chicago, New Orleans. They don't want to be Cork. <laughs> Boston is, yeah, it's, Boston exists in difference to and in close proximity to New York City. Mm. It, like, inevitably, Boston is a standalone destination, obviously, and it's a city with a rich and deep history. It's so connected to the foundation of the United States, and it's a dynamic place in and of its own right. But it is forever comparing itself and is compared to New York. And by me as well, by the way, I fall in, having yeah, lived well, in New the York. The first thing during the advert you said to me, uh, it's not, uh, New, it's York. not New York. That no, was how you defined it. It is much smaller than New York. And it, and, and also as well as is that if you've lived in either city or you know the cities well, you know that part of that um, uh, uh, rivalry is connected to baseball. And inevitably that Red Sox, New York Yankees rivalry has defined so much of the rivalry of the two cities. Um I'm sorry, I'm just getting loads of texts here. So From um, people, uh, phone, people giving out to uh, me. Fionn's yeah. uh, watch started to beep, which I suspect is people from Cork texting him to give out <laughs> about what I've just said. I, I didn't mean that in a bad way. No, I, I know. really do love and Cork is, and, and I love it's, Boston. It's a very good comparison in that it's a much smaller city than the other city, than yeah. New York. Uh, very walkable. Although, you know, it's not, I mean, it's walkable. I mentioned the Freedom Trail. That's where we're going. So the Freedom yeah. Trail is very walkable. But I mean, it's it's the old adage of like, Jesus, it's awful small. I still wouldn't like to paint it, though. It's not that small. Yeah, either. I know. It, it's a good walk, we'll say, from <sighs> uh, Boston Common uh, to Havid. Like to if, Havid. You pa- if you left your yeah, car, if you patched your car, to Havid Bar. Yeah, to Havid I'm going to keep doing this. You're going to keep doing aren't I you? I am. Yeah, I really am until yeah. 7 and, o'clock. Uh, you ride the artery. <laughs> the artery. Um, um, getting there is easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aer Lingus straight into Boston. Um, absolutely, uh, like it's a doddle, um, and because obviously big strong Irish connections, so that it's it's a city that Irish people go sure, it's, it's mostly Irish. Although uh, the Italians of Boston would go, eh, getting damn. around Boston is that easy as well? Uh, I yeah. mean, you can walk a lot of it, but if you need to, they have a subway. So the kind of the historic center of the city, so where the Freedom Trail is and where the colonial buildings are, it's really a mile wide by three miles long. So whatever you know, that's a relative. But, and so it's great for walking. It's also great for cycling. So I wish, I always keep meaning to rent a bike when I'm there and I never do, but it's mm. a great cycling city, particularly if you want to go outside of the historic centre to the likes of Cambridge, but even the outlying neighbourhoods. Um, to a large extent, once you kind of know the the, the kind of tourist, historic, colonial centre, the city gets a little, I don't know, tired or something you want to get out of that bit mm. that's not really Boston Bostonians will go just get away from there get away from there really yeah yeah go out and explore the go out and explore the thing sorry I'm going to try and turn this off this bloody <laughs> his phone continues to beep uh, so the freedom trail is that where we, is that where we start in terms of our our uh, our walk around or our tour of the city will we start with the freedom trail it's what yeah. a lot of people will do okay so it's your classic thing if you've never been you definitely want to do that so it's it's the city's most important revolutionary site so you want to you start in Boston Common right in the heart of the city and then you kind of go in through downtown and like look 
You're not going to go into every museum, but the ones to bear in mind are the Granary Burying Ground, the Old South Meeting House, the Old State House, Fanoil Hall, the Paul Revere House, the Old North Church and Copse Hills Burying Ground. And then like I kind of went when I did it, I went up across the Charlestown Bridge and I went up to the U.S. Constitution and the Bunker Hill Monument. And these are these are kind of key. And there's great labeling on each of them. So you can kind of you can get you can download a self-guided walking tour so you can have it on your phone. Or when you get to each of these buildings, there's like a panel explaining what each is. It's really well done. And Mm. like there are no mugs. They realize that the majority of first time and second time visitors to Boston are here to enjoy this. And and Boston, despite the fact that Boston was never the capital of the United States, New York was, and Washington, D.C. obviously is now, Bostonians, I think, very justifiably lay claim to the fact that they are the first city of America because the revolution was fomented in Boston. Uh, it's really a New England thing. Yeah, it's a, absolutely. It's absolutely. And and what was interesting, I was listening to, actually, I was listening to a podcast that you and I both liked. The, the, rest, the is rest is history. history. There are reason four part special on, on the, the American, American Revolution. revolution. And one of the interesting points they made was, is that at the time of 1776, it was easier to get from Boston to England than it was to get from Boston to Virginia. Yes, even though they were one of the 13 colonies, but the, the the gap between them both in distance and in sensibility and in outlook was so vast. Yeah. And they said that George Washington, who was a Southerner, would have felt more at home on Caribbean plantations than, than he, he would, would have, have when he got to New England. That's exactly right. It was a right. completely alien country and, to and, him. And, and Bostonians... So... Revolution, America, the sense of America is fomented in Boston almost more than anywhere else, even though even though Jefferson's from Virginia, like even though all these Virginians interfering with with people (laughs) from New England. And so as a result, that history is is like really kind of maintained and 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 celebrated in Boston. But once you've done that. Like, no, there's, look, there's, there's great museums, okay? There's a lot of it. And I will give you this. It does get a bit repetitive. So I've been to Boston three times. And I mean, you, you go to Faneuil Hall, Paul Revere's house, uh, the old state, all of this sort of stuff. And it, like, it is the same story on yeah. repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is for sure. Yeah. That's a, and it's an interesting story. If you and, don't and know what it. is amazing, I will give them is how well preserved a lot of these old buildings are. It is, it is amazing. It is, it's incredible. Uh, how it has lent itself to America that has been able to involve itself in wars in every corner of this country, but it's rarely visited its own shores. But you would never, so all these old buildings were never would, obliterated. It's actually true. <laughs> and you would never get a sense of 200 years of American history. Like, it's almost as though preserved in perfect aspect. It's just like, it's like, it's the birth of a new nation and we're going to keep it thus. Yes. Um, and so these old streets with these old colonial houses. And look, I, like, I did history in, in college, so I have a, I have a, I have a, a grow for it anyway. But what I liked very much, it's very easy to imagine, in parts of Boston, it's very easy to imagine what it was like at the end of the 18th century. And that's the kind of magic of that historic centre. What what I think is missing in some of it uh, in Boston is uh, the story of Boston from the late, the story of New England, that part of the world, uh, from the late 1500s, early 1600s until 1776. 
You know what I mean? That the story of settlement. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't want to tell it because no. it's the story of English settlement. Yes. Uh, but uh, th- th- that is missing from the narrative. I mean, it kind of sounds when you're there like they just all arrived in about 1770 and decided that they wanted self-governance. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that how it happened? <laughs> These guys just woke up one morning and went, here, hang on, I don't want to pay tax on tea. Or um, The Boston, the, the, the Tea Party Ships Museum, that's pretty good. Um, it's interesting. Like, if you've kids and you want to show, it's mm. good. It's a great primer into early American history. And that, that, that's a great example of a kind of a cliched story from history that's actually quite accurate. They mm. really did dress up as Native Americans yes, and climb onto the ship and, 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 and dumped the all the tea, tea into the Boston Harbor. What else the is there? I mean, sorry, we're being a bit cruel to suggest that all Red they're Sox, talking Red about Sox, is Red revolution. Sox. I lived in New York for 11 years and I have been a Yankees fan since 1978. And despite that, I would absolutely strongly encourage anybody to go to Fenway Park. Fenway Park is... That's where Boston Red Sox play. Red Sox play. So, Fenway Park, if I'm... I'm I'm not talking about Wrigley Field or Comiskey Park in Chicago, but I think it's one of the only original baseball grounds left in baseball. As in, it's what when it was built in 19 aught, whatever, it's still the same ground. I mean, mm. with adjustments and, you know, Wi-Fi. But, like, it's an incredible place. It's it's in the city. Um, it, it's part of the city. It's not a stadium that they decided, let's build it way out in the suburbs so there's great kind of commuter train access to it. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's intrinsically connected to this heart and soul of Boston. And although, and I say this, perhaps as a Yankees fan, my opinion matters not a jot, but... I always think that if New England was a, wasn't such a hotbed of literary talent in America, that all of this nonsense about the magic of the Red Sox wouldn't be quite so pronounced. Because <laughs> you have every kind of neurotic writer who, because of course, I don't know, you're you're familiar with the the Curse of the Bambino. Yes, yeah. So 1918, uh, Boston Red Sox. Who's uh, was it? Harry Frazee, or who was the owner? Who was a theatrical entrepreneur? Sells his very best player to raise money for a show, and his best player was Babe Ruth. Boston, who were serial winners of the World Series, didn't win a World Series from 1918 to 2003. And all that time, it lay. They looted the city in two thousand and three, yes. where they won. And do you My know, what? it's like there. it's it's literally it's it's a longer version of the Mayo Curse. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, yeah. and they had it, and then it was broken in two thousand and three, and so and what you had is you had whatever it is seventy or eighty years of of literary types writing about the curse of the Bambino and elevating it into something approaching a cultural phenomenon of look. I'm, I, I, as again, as a Yankees fan, I'm kind of making fun of it. They a little do bit. wear sport on their sleeve, but it's not just the Red no, Sox. Just, I mean, Celtics, the Bruins, the, Bruins, the, Braves, the Patriots, the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. The pa- Oh yeah, I forgot about the Patriots. Yeah, well, they're an example, I guess, of what you just touched on. The big new stadium that they built way out in the suburbs, yeah. so that people could drive to it. So it does remove it a bit from the city, uh, but I, I guess at certain so times of year, if you're there on the run up to Christmas, probably a lot of people in Patriots gear. And, and one of the things to do is like, yes, go to like in the off season. So say from October until the end of March, um, you can go to. Um, you can go to the stadium and go to Fenway and you can get a tour of the ground. But like really the best thing to do is try and go to a game and, and the season runs from April. We're, we're in the season right now. Like 162 games a year and... They're what, cheapest chips. 81 of those are played at Fenway. Oh, I, t- I say that now and then I immediately Look, re- regret I, it. I think they're cheapest chips. I went uh, to I went to a uh, they can see the be. Yankees play That's, the I know, here. Seattle Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. And I think we paid about $10 
for a ticket. Did you buy it on the day? Yeah. Yeah, because the stadiums rarely get full for like day games or things like that. So they just, but like if you're buying tickets for like good seats, like like I, I look at, yeah, when I go to New York. I, I, I didn't know what was happening. There was bucks. no point in me getting good seats. I have a journey. Listen, just, it's good. It's nice. It's, it's a lovely thing to do. Um, you mentioned earlier on you want to go across to uh, Cambridge. Yeah. Go to Harvard. Because I pat my can to have a bath. Okay, stop. I I know you have a couple of regular guests on the hard shoulder that are from Boston. Yeah, Larry Donnelly loves when I do it. Does he? Oh yeah, the departed. And he's never given you a lesson in how to do it though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mentioned renting a bike. Like, look, if you're going to do, I walked, and I actually got the subway or the you know, which is good. It's great. Yeah. But um, I really liked. I really like walking around Harvard. I think yeah. it's great. Oh, it's lovely. It's yeah. such a beautiful... If you do walk or cycle out as well, or if you go for a little run out uh, towards uh, Harvard, you'll pass by, you'll cross the river and you go through MIT's campus. That's right. Which is, uh, which is less impressive than Harvard, but it is impressive nonetheless. Well, I mean, it is, you know, along... Uh, which is the more prestigious university? I don't know. It's, yeah. like, it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, there is one, there's a, a... You'll have to Google it, but it's called a Havad tour. Pronounced the way you do, yeah, and it's spelled H A H V A H D. Have it. The Have it tour. And it's fun and it's good and it kind of takes the mick out of um, yeah. Harvard. Um, the uh, so the, the river I mentioned as well, crossing the river. So I was there in March, the last couple of times I was in Boston, and it's kind of bleak a little bit mm. coming out of the winter. Boston's particularly bleak, oh my God. bleak in the winter. I've been in Boston in January, which is not, I wouldn't recommend, I'd recommend the Arctic over Boston. When's the January? best time to go? People tell me that actually the best time, and I wonder what you think, is actually just a few weeks after we were there, because the, all the cherry blossoms are out April, on the river, and, and you don't March, get the stifling the heat. Boston's hot in summer. Yeah. Like, so is all those cities on the East Coast. They're all hot. Um... And so right now, like I'd say, I don't, I don't, well, I think isn't the US getting a heat wave? I don't know if, I don't know if Boston is being affected by this particular heat wave, but it's warm, but you're right. The cherry blossoms, the, they blossom. I mean, it's over a few days, whatever it is at the end of March, beginning of April. So that's a nice time. You've got the beginning of the baseball season, you know, hope springs eternal. And uh, the other thing. Like I mentioned, so Beacon Hill is, I mentioned getting out to the neighborhoods. Beacon Hill is the kind of classic, excuse me, touristy neighborhood. Yeah. Just Um, behind Boston Common. Yes. But North End. So North End is... Italian Yeah, it's the traditional Italian neighborhood. Because as much as Boston is an Irish city, the North Enders will go, "Eh, it's an Italian city. And, you know, again... Uh, it's like it's much of a muchness. So, and what's interesting is, is that unlike, say, other kind of enclaves like Little Italy in, in Manhattan, which have kind of surrendered their Italianness and have, it's kind of an ersatz Italianness mm. now, and, it, and the restaurants are all appalling. Best restaurants in, in Italian restaurants in New York are nowhere near Little Italy. The best Italian restaurants in Boston are in the North End, yeah. still. And really authentic, um, multi-generations of Italians who, but not just kind of, yes, you can get your classic Italian fare, but you also get new generation of Italians who are looking to interpret classic dishes in a more contemporary way. So it's more exciting food. And um, I loved, there's a place called uh, Neptune's Oyster, which is on Salem Street. 
absolutely sensational. Really, really good food. Um, and Pomodoro on Hanover Street. Um, Paul Revere's house as well, I think, is North End. So yeah. if you're going that way, just keep going and you'll find all of these places in the North End. Food-wise, let me ask, ask you about other places to Quincy eat. Quincy Market. Yeah, people will go to Quincy Market and they'll pay about $40 for a buttery it's, lobster roll. It's Guilty as charged. Oh, but you kind of have to do it, though. You kind of have to don't do you? it. And Quincy Market's gorgeous. Yes. But it is so overpriced, you know. And there's loads of markets. And I don't... I, there's loads of markets popped up. Quincy Market is the only one I could think of because it's the one I've been to most, like yourself. Mm. It's just like, I kind of go, don't be a sucker, don't be a sucker. Ah, go on. I'm only here once. Yeah, listen, it's a, it's a beautiful city. The Public Library, I don't know if you've been down that way. It's where the Boston Marathon finish line is. It's a, a, an amazing library and they have this beautiful map room. Fiona, if you love looking through old maps. I do, old actually. Um, the... So did you You've never rented a bike there Did you Or no. taken the tea No we took the tea Out to uh, the JFK Museum Which is great oh, as I well Oh I into this Yeah so the John F. Kennedy Museum Is absolutely brilliant Really really good And would you believe They've got a little video There of JFK's visit uh, To New Ross Filmed by my grandmother Ah here She Come found on, it She found it A few years ago It was found after my Uh uh, grandmother passed away they were or no it was before she passed away they were kind of rooting around the house and they found this old footage and she had filmed him when he was here that's amazing and it's, it's, it's in the museum you don't have a copy of it do you? Uh, no I don't think so no would you not ask them and say yeah, I probably could get I'm sure we could get a copy of it if we want. That's wanted. amazing um, yeah. of course John F. Kennedy I still have to pay in I still have to pay in <sighs> Ryan Tuberty's book was for sale in the Foyer. Of course it was. And now there, that's how we bookend the show. We started with RTE, we finished with Tubbs's book for sale in the JFK Museum. Uh, listen, it is it is one of my favourite cities, uh, despite the fact that it is uh, America's Cork. Uh, Fionn Davenport, <laughs> thank you very much. We'll talk to you again at the same time next week. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.